Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Locked On Eagles and Locked On Redskins, a special crossover edition on this Friday, November 30th. My name is Louis DiBiase, host of Locked On Eagles at DiBiase, L-O-E, on Twitter. Joined by the host of Locked On Redskins, it's at Russellmania621 on Twitter. It's Chris Russell. Chris, how you doing today? Hey, Louie, what's going on, brother? Um, good to be with you, man. And, um, you know, looking forward to uh, this Monday night game, looking forward to this conversation uh, between you and I. And, uh, you know, it's a little chilly outside in the Northeast. Uh, we'll get uh, we'll get the Eagles and the Redskins fans ready for this Monday night game, try and keep them a little warm uh, with some good podcast uh, audio and analysis. Yeah, look, these two teams, are they're not strangers to big games. I mean, you look at the yeah. past few years, a couple years ago, I mean, the, in, from 2014 and 2015, the Washington Redskins essentially ended the Eagles' playoff hopes in those Week 16 matchups. Deshaun Jackson, when he was there, was killing the Eagles. Big games. You could go even back to 2010 and 2013. They've kind of switched being the good teams in the division, and this Monday night's going to be a similar playoff atmosphere-like game because, you know, with Dallas taking down the Saints last night, Chris, that didn't really help the Eagles' chances or the Redskins' chances at the NFC East. So this is a big pretty much must-win game for both teams. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, I mean, first from a Redskins perspective, I mean, obviously a win would snap a two-game losing streak. It's been an ugly week around here with Reuben Foster, that signing, uh, DJ Swearinger calling out some of his teammates for bad practice habits and not paying attention. That started the week uh, after a bad loss to Dallas on Thanksgiving. And then Doug Williams, the team's senior vice president of player personnel, making some ill-advised comments. Yeah. You know, uh, about that and getting all sorts of criticism. The building is on fire over here. Uh, there are people running for their lives, uh, you know, uh, executives that are, uh, you know, are, 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 you know, demanding. I mean, it is a very, once again, typically unstable Redskins organization right now that comes to Philadelphia on Monday night. But with a win. You know, the Redskins can go to 7-5. and five. You mentioned Dallas's win to go to 7-5. and five. Dallas would still technically have, I think, tiebreaker advantage yep. um, over Washington for first place. But, I mean, of course, they would be essentially tied record-wise. And really, a win by the Redskins would, I don't want to say would officially eliminate the Eagles, but it would really push them down, um, you know, the pecking order because of all the tiebreakers and the record difference. Now, a win by the Eagles, of course, puts them at six and six, puts the Redskins at six and six and reeling with three straight losses. And while you don't necessarily climb over the Cowboys, you certainly stay within earshot. And I believe the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys have a pretty big game coming up real soon. Yeah, they do next week. And look, this is big. I mean, this is big for both teams, but the Eagles, you mentioned, I mean, they really, they have to win these three division matchups they have for the rest of the season with Washington this week, Dallas next week, and then that week 17 battle with Washington. Because you look at they still have the Rams and the Houston Texans. So essentially, I've been and Chris, I've been using the playoff machine for the past couple weeks on ESPN to try to find a way to get this Eagles team into the playoffs, which I did not expect to have to do heading into this season. Which I'm I thought the Eagles are going to be one of the best teams in the NFL, but I, I looked at it and for really for the Eagles to get in, they're going to have to get all three division wins, and then after Dallas won last night they're probably going to have to split between the Rams and the Texans. So this is huge for both teams. And you look at it for a Washington perspective. I want to ask you, did you expect, I mean, at 6-5, and five, when we talk about the contenders in the NFC East, I didn't really think Washington was going to be a serious threat to the Eagles. And now they're a game better. 
but they don't have Alex Smith right now. They have Colt McCoy. This has been a whirlwind season for Washington. Did you expect it to go this way? Look, nobody could have drawn it up the way, Louis, the way it's kind of unfolded, right? I did expect them to be an eight to nine win team, even after losing Darius Geis six plays into his NFL career preseason game number one. I thought probably more realistically eight wins. You know, I I started off training camp, quite honestly, at nine. And I said, well, if everything breaks right, they could get to 10. Why? Because I thought this was the deepest team, certainly, that Jay Gruden had had. And and I would argue, you know, not argue, I, I would say in the Dan Snyder ownership era, which is now 22 years or whatever it is, it was clearly the deepest and most talented roster that they had had. Now, overall, I would just quickly say this. Alex Smith was a disappointment in terms of performance, in terms of production, in terms of you know matching what the NFL is kind of move, more moving towards, but they were winning. They were winning with him because he wasn't turning the ball over. And now you see... Without Alex, you know, while Colt McCoy can make more plays, he also makes more mistakes. Right, and, and that's a problem for the Redskins. Yeah, exactly. The Red, so, so this season, I don't want to say it's taken a, it's, it's like a tale of two seasons, but in essence, it's a tale of two seasons because you've got one guy who doesn't make enough plays and doesn't turn the ball over. And then you have another guy who is pretty much the opposite of that. And that's the guy that the Eagles are going to get on Monday night against a somewhat suspect secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles. So, you know, what, 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 I, what I would just wrap this up and just say, I don't know what this Redskins team is because the first half of the year, they were really good at stopping the run. Now they stink. The first half of the year, they struggled pass coverage wise, gave up a lot of big plays. Now it's not so much that, but now they're bad tackling. Uh, and, and then we mentioned the quarterback situation and it's so it's really a choppy kind of uneven product is basically how I would describe it I don't have a better I don't have a better description for it because it's all over the place yeah it's funny too because you look at the way the NFL is going with the Chiefs and the Rams and the Saints this offensive explosion that really even started going back to last year in the Super Bowl I mean it was 41 points for the Eagles, 33 right. for the for the Patriots. So, I mean, you look at the Super Bowl itself had over a 1,000 yards of offense. That's kind of been the way it's been going, even with the rules the NFL is making. But yet, in the NFC East, you look at it, and Washington and even Dallas, we've been seeing the past couple of weeks, have been playing turnover-free, strong defensive football, and those are the two teams at the top of the East. It's funny how the NFC East is kind of like the bizarro NFL right now. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to describe it because <laughs> who would have thought the Cowboys would win that game on Thursday night, thirteen ten, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought the Cowboys had a decent chance of winning the game, but even as good as the Dallas defense was, I was like, ah, there's no way they're winning thirteen ten. And Chris, they didn't even score. 20. They didn't score a yeah. single point in the second half. I know. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And and New Orleans did everything they can could to throw up all over themselves. And so did oh, by the way, uh, Dallas. So anyway, you know the the way this now we, we sit here and we talk about these two teams kind of you know struggling for consistency. And you know we don't exactly know what the Eagles' offense is, although I think we have a better beat on that um, than we do the Redskins. But both of these teams are capable if they if they're clicking on all cylinders, I think of scoring into the mid to upper 20s, if not maybe a little bit more, depending on conditions and depending on, you know, other factors. But yet both of these teams are capable of struggling and it being penalty of Palooza and it being a really big eyesore for the national TV audience to watch on Monday night. 
Yeah, I thought the Eagles were going to be one of those teams when we mentioned the Saints and the Chiefs and the Rams and all these offensive juggernauts. I honestly thought the Eagles were going to be one of them because you look at how good the offensive line played down the stretch last season and the weapons. They have one of the best tight ends in football in Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar became a big breakout player last year. But look why the Eagles are 5-6 and six right now. They've been turning over the football the coaching has taken a significant regression. They miss Frank Wright. They miss John Filippo. Mike Groh is, has not panned out as the offensive coordinator. Injuries galore on both sides of the football. The offensive line has been banged up all year. Their running game has been taking a big blow from injuries and just lack of commitment there. And then you look on the defensive side of the football, a catastrophic amount of injuries. They've lost one of their backbones, the most underrated defensive players to me in the league for the past couple of years, Rodney McLeod at safety. Their defensive mm-hmm. line has really been the only thing that's been healthy for them. They've lost, I mean, Chris, they were playing their fifth, sixth, and seventh string cornerbacks last week against the Giants. And the only reason, really, I think they won that football game is because Pat Shermer decided to go away from Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley. So the Eagles have dealt with injuries. They have, I mean, they're, they've blown two fourth and long plays that cost them wins. So they could be looking at seven and four right now instead of five and six. It's been an up and down crazy year for the Eagles, but it's crazy that they're still only a couple games out of the division lead considering the season that they've had. Yeah. And I, I would say this, you know, whatever you think is crazy for the Philadelphia Eagles times that by 10 every <laughs> year for the Washington Redskins or right. multiply that. Uh, if I use better English by 10, if you're the Washington Redskins, cause they redefine absolute lunacy, both on the field and in the front office and everything in between. And there's so much going on around this organization right now. I have no idea the impact that it will be on Monday. I don't think it'll be a huge impact in terms of the actual game and how that plays out. They've got enough issues to deal with in their own consistency and how they play and how they shoot themselves in the foot. But I mean, you just, it's like a traveling circus with a black cloud hovering over it that the Redskins bring to the link on Monday night. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. A big test for this Eagles team and for the Redskins as they try to stay with Dallas in this NFC East race. Coming up next on this special edition of Locked on Eagles and Locked on Redskins crossover edition, we are going to get into how the Eagles should defend this Redskins offense featuring Colt McCoy right now under center as Alex Smith is out for the season. That's coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles and Locked On Redskins, and it's sponsored today, guys, by my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is really easy to use. So lay down some cash and win big today. Go to mybookie.com. It's slammed with new betters and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Visit mybookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, everybody, welcome back to a crossover edition of Locked on Eagles and Locked on Redskins. Louis DiBiase alongside Chris Russell, host of Locked on Redskins. And Chris, let's get into now some of the matchups on both sides of the football. And we're going to start in this segment with the Eagles defense against the Redskins offense. Both sides 
really banged up when you look at the Redskins at quarterback and up front on the offensive line. As for the Eagles, their secondary has been pretty depleted the past few weeks. They might get Sidney Jones back this week. Probably Razul Douglas, so a couple guys that have been used to playing some snaps in the NFL. I mean, again, like I mentioned in the first segment, last week against the Giants, they were playing their fifth, sixth, and seventh string corners that were on the practice squad just a few weeks ago. I mean, the fact they were able to pull out that win was unbelievable. They should be getting some help back this week. Jalen Mills and Avante Maddox still probably a couple weeks away. But as for the Redskins, what are they dealing with health-wise right now? Because as beat up as the Eagles are in defense, it seems like Washington is the same way on offense. Yeah, and, and, you know, you mentioned, you know, earlier in the show, Rodney McLeod, I mean, Darby's obviously out. I mean, you know, really the Redskins have an opportunity to attack them, but do they? Because they're short there. The guy that they thought was going to be their new Deshaun Jackson, Paul Richardson, who they brought over from a free agent deal uh, in Seattle, he was never healthy, Louis, this year, uh, really from training camp on. He had a couple of moments, uh, but they finally had to shut him down. He had multiple uh, surgeries dealing with a knee, a shoulder. So he's gone. You know, at wide receiver, they do have a former first round pick, you know, in Josh Doxson, and they've worked in a couple of other guys, but it's not an explosive group to attack that ego weakness and really the strength of the Redskins had always been or at least had been for the first half with Adrian Peterson the run game pretty consistent um not always consistent but pretty consistent and when they ran the ball well to the tune of over 100 yards they flat out won and then Brandon Sheriff their all pro guard right guard went out for the year with a torn peck and in the same game Sean Laval who is always hurt always in and out of the lineup Somehow the Redskins never even bothered to have another guard on the roster that could play left guard at any kind of competent level. Somehow they never addressed that, and he went out for the year with a torn ACL in that same game that Sheriff went out. So when you take those two guys away, it's hurt the Redskins' outside zone uh, running game. And that's really affected, uh, I think, Adrian Peterson and the success of that run game, which was so good to the outside perimeter with Trent Williams and those guys that I just mentioned, Morgan Moses, their right tackle is banged up. He may not play on Monday night, although knowing Morgan as I do, he'll play basically on a half a leg and he'll, you know, be down on the ground 16 times and they'll have to scoop him up with a bulldozer and then he'll come back and, you know, he'll have three holding calls. And anyway, I, I tease a little bit. I talked to Trent Williams the other day in the Redskins locker room and, you know, he, he told me and, and, this is pretty he missed like three games with thumb surgery he he's like I'm still trying to figure out how to play with this thumb and and the cast around my thumb I can't grab right and so that makes him less effective even though he returned to the lineup last week the long and the short of it is the Redskins are just just really 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 banged up along the offensive line mention the Richardson thing And then, of course, the Alex Smith to Colt McCoy element has been a change. And again, in in summation, Colt McCoy is going to make more plays than Alex Smith is. He's also going to make more plays for the opponent. And that's where the Eagles certainly can win this game if they can capitalize. Yeah, and look, for the past couple of weeks, throughout the season... Heading into the Giants game last week, the Eagles were at a minus nine turnover differential, so they have not had the playmaking ability on defense that they were used to last year. Finally, they got an interception last week with Malcolm Jenkins at the end of the first half. That's got to be a key here is trying to force Colt McCoy into more mistakes like Dallas did just a week ago. But you look at how Washington is banging up up front on the offensive line, this needs to be a bounce-back game for the Eagles' run defense, and their pass rush... 
they were non-existent in the first half against the Giants. Eli Manning had way too much time. Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox, they got it going in the second half. Hopefully they can build off that. But for the run defense, this has been consistently a top-five run defense in the league the past couple of years. They were even the first half of the season this year. They were ranked second, but now they've dropped to 11th because... Week after week, they played some really good running backs the past couple of weeks, but Ezekiel Elliott gashed them for over 150 yards. Alvin Kamara and Marvin and uh, Mark Ingram, excuse me, they both combined for over 170. And then Saquon right. Barkley was gashing them all half against the the Eagles, the Giants were. And then in the second half, for some reason, Pat Shermer just went away from Saquon. So this could be a interesting matchup because the offensive line is banged up for Washington, but the Eagles' run defense has struggled. This is an opportunity for them to bounce back, I think. Chris, what is a matchup on this side of the ball for Washington that you think they're going to try to exploit, or at least maybe not exploit, but what's going to be an entertaining matchup to watch here with Washington on offense and the Eagles on defense? Well, Louie, I'm glad you asked that because I was just going to add, you know, Chris Thompson is making his return. Uh, At least that's the expectation. And he's missed uh, five out of the last six games. And I'm not saying he's Saquon Barkley. He's not. Saquon Barkley is in a league of himself, and he's not Alvin Kamara either, but he's not that much further down the chain from those type of guys, meaning he can crease you with the speed, the outside perimeter stuff. I don't think that, you know, in the run game, that's necessarily his strength. I think he can hit you with some delayed draws up the middle. Like, you know how the Eagles play that, you know, the the wide splits along their defensive line? I would look for the Redskins to try and hit Chris Thompson and maybe even Capri Bibbs with a couple of those, number one. Uh, Number two, I wonder, you know, Saquon, as you mentioned, had a lot of success. It was not only running the football, but it was also with the screen game. And that is certainly something Chris Thompson brings to the the table for the Washington Redskins that has been missing. So to me, I think this game comes down to can the Eagles find a way to keep Chris Thompson, who's fresh and coming back from this multiple rib injury nonsense, can they keep him under control? Because if they can't, it's going to be a long night via the screen and again some of the different types of styles of runs inside and outside that the Redskins will use. That's a good one to mention because to the Eagles you look at just a couple weeks ago Alvin Kamara was gashing them in the receiving game as well. The Eagles have failed to finish tackling guys to the ground and that's a problem especially in the secondary with guys banged up they've had a lot of inexperience back then uh and you know Chandon Sullivan was struggling with tackling last week Bosby to set the edge Chris Thompson's gonna be a problem too because Malcolm Jenkins look he plays safety he plays linebacker corner a lot of the time he's all over the place he might have to deal with Jordan Reed this week so Nigel Bradham right now at linebacker he has a broken thumb he broke it in three different areas against the Giants last week he had surgery on it he's got a club on his hand right now he is going to play though because the Eagles are so short-handed one of their other starting linebackers Jordan Hicks is week to week right now so they have Camus Gruja Hill in there who's also banged up with a hand injury that's a interesting matchup here because if they got look they got to get Chris Thompson to the ground and they have to finish tackles it's something that they haven't been able to do what are you expecting from Colt McCoy in this game do you think he's going to limit the turnovers because I mean if he's throwing three interceptions in a game it's going to be hard for you guys to win football games I mean like you said they were winning games by not turning it over Right. Yeah. Sorry to jump on in on you. They have no chance. They have no chance if he's going to turn the ball over three times a game. And really, uh, quite honestly, Louis, he he almost had a fourth interception. Uh, or I should say a fourth turnover because he fumbled on the first 
series of the game when he was sacked on third down and they were lucky enough to recover it. So, uh, listen, I don't think Colt is that turnover prone, but I think he's definitely good for one and the Redskins have to max it out at two. And the real interesting part is, you know, again, mention the difference between him and Alex Smith, you know, the good and the bad, but, but the Redskins for the first time in 15 games last week or on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys did not themselves have a takeaway. So here's what the Redskins can't do. They can afford a turnover, maybe two from Colt McCoy, right? Or the offense, let's put it that way. But they have to, Louie, they have to get a turnover themselves on defense to equal it out. Otherwise, you don't go on the road in the division. I don't care what the Eagles have done, and you've chronicled it well. And I agree with everything you've said. I don't care how banged up the Eagles are. The Redskins are not going to win if they are more than, I'll say, more than negative one in the turnover you know, ratio or differential department. And I would even say negative negative one might be too much to overcome because you know there's going to be other mistakes such as poor tackling or penalties that wipe out a big play like you guys had on the first Eagles series, you know, where, where Kelsey's hold wipes out a big touchdown run, something like that. That's the problem, and that's why this team can't turn the ball over. So, yes, I think Colt will be better than he was on Thanksgiving. I don't think he'll push the envelope as much, but I think the temptation is going to be there if they can't run the ball effectively and control the clock, which they need to do, I think the temptation is going to be there against a really banged up and injured and thin secondary as you've chronicled. Yeah, turnovers is going to be interesting because you look at Carson Wentz, and right now he does have six interceptions on the year, but you take away that Saints game where he was really pressing in the fourth quarter. They were already down by 30 points, and he threw two bad picks. Outside of that, Carson Wentz only has three other interceptions this year. He's been pretty mistake-free so far. And speaking of Carson Wentz in the offense, that's what we're going to get into next on the final segment of this crossover edition of Locked on Eagles and Locked on Redskins. We're going to flip the script. We're going to get to Eagles offense against Washington's defense, the healthier matchup in this big Monday night football battle. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles and Locked on Redskins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final edition of this crossover edition of Locked on Eagles and Locked on Redskins. Louis DiBiase alongside Chris Russell, host of Locked on Redskins. You can follow him on Twitter at Russellmania621. So, Chris, we talked about the Eagles' defense against Washington's offense, which is an interesting battle because both are pretty banged up right now injury-wise. We flipped the script now. We talked at the end of the the second segment about Carson Wentz and Washington trying to get turnovers because Colt McCoy had three picks last week. They got to at least make it even with the Eagles' offense. Is that what else are you thinking here for Washington's strategy against Carson Wentz and the Eagles? Well, you know, I think every game starts with normally you say pass rush, right? Uh, the Redskins have been able to generate pretty good pass rush against Carson Wentz and the Eagles. What they haven't been able to do is bring him down without him escaping the pocket and making great plays on the run by extending plays. Now, obviously, since they last played him, took him on on a Monday night football game in, what, late October last year in yep. Philly, you know, he's torn his ACL, as we all know, and missed the Super Bowl and, 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 and all that. So I know he's not as elusive as he once used to be, but you cannot allow that if you're the Washington Redskins for him to make plays as coverage breaks down because the Redskins are probably going to be without one of their starting corners. We talked so much about the Eagles secondary, uh, but Quentin Dunbar has been really banged up for the last month, month and a week or so, and he's unlikely to play Louis uh, in this game. So you're looking at, 
you know, basically Josh Norman. You're looking at uh, rookie Greg Stroman. You're looking at guys like that, um, you, you know, and Fabian Moreau, who's only in his second year, but really only his first year of playing extensively out of the slot. We know kind of the array of weapons the Eagles can throw at young corners and young secondary guys. And that I worry about because they've had a lot of miscommunication uh, this year uh, on the back end. But really, you know, for, for the Redskins, it, what they have to do in this game is they have to make the Eagles one-dimensional. And, and again, normally you wouldn't say, hey, you know what, let Carson Wentz beat you. But truly and honestly, every defensive coach that I've ever talked to, so I'll trust them, says stop the run and make them one-dimensional. Why? So you can guess more and better what's coming. One, two, so you can pin your ears back on the pass rush and get home. And that's what I believe the Redskins have to do and have to get better at. That's what they were doing for the first eight games of the year. That's not what they've been able to do over the last four, where they've really struggled to stop the run. It's been bad fits and in, in gaps and, and, and lanes. It's been bad tackling. And their defensive line you know, it's kind of worn down, quite honestly, because the front, the, the starting three, Matt Ioannidis, a Temple product, who's had a great year, he's banged up, so he's not even, we're not even sure if he's going to play. I think he'll play, but but we're not absolutely sure on that. And then Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, two Alabama boys, they played a ton of snaps this year. It's just recent that they've started to work in Tim Settle into the mix, along with Stacy McGee, who came back after missing the first half of the year. So the Redskins kind of run defense is their key i think if they can shut down or control that and make the eagles one-dimensional that's what they need to do that's what the saints did just a couple weeks ago they took away the run game and they made carson Wentz beat them and you know i mean carson Wentz is a great quarterback but again the eagles have been the best passing team when they are running the football efficiently even last year balance was key and that's why they got a win last week against the giants josh adams has been a big part of the run game and since they've gone to him he's been extremely efficient just some numbers for josh adams he has six 15 plus yard runs since week eight which is third most and he's also averaging the fourth most yards after contact since week eight and we saw it last year with legarrett blunt and jay ajayi how good the eagles offense was when you kept switching those guys in and out to Big bruising yep. running backs that man, you think you, you it was tough to get Legarrette Blunt down. Now here comes Jay Ajayi. I mean that that really does a number on the defense. And Josh Adams being that new Jay Ajayi and Legarrette Blunt has been big for the Eagles' attack. The Eagles' offensive line against Washington's defensive line is one I'm really excited for. I feel like the but, Eagles' but, offensive. Wait, wait, let me jump. Yeah. Let me jump in there. Don't you think he's got a little more wiggle and burst though than oh, those yes. guys? I mean, no, he, I'm wrong. Yeah. No, he has a lot better cutting ability for sure. Yeah. But he's that big body that. They haven't been able to break tackles this year. Corey Clement and Wendell right. Smallwood have provided no run after, I mean, you know, yards after contact. Yards after They've contact, offered none sure. of that this year. So yeah. I feel like Josh Adams is going to be a big part of that. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I thought it was interesting that you mentioned Carson Wentz being elusive. Because of the ACL injury, he has not done it a lot this year. Right, right. That first game against the Colts, he looked like he was back to normal. But he has relied on the pocket a lot this year, and it's kind of taken away from the Eagles' explosive playmaking ability, and it's really hurt specifically Nelson Aguilar, who last year, when the play broke down and Carson Wentz is running around, Aguilar was the best at just playing pickup football, getting open down Mm -hmm. the field, and he succeeded really well with Wentz, and I feel like that's something the Eagles' offense has been missing this year, and hopefully he can get back to that the healthier he gets, but teams have contained Wentz, they've kept him inside the pocket, and I feel like that's a strategy for Washington to take. What's a matchup here, Chris, that you're looking for? 
Yeah, and, and I'll give you just a perfect example to match the example you just gave. Uh, in week one of last year at FedEx Field, the season opener for both teams, Wentz on the first series of the game on a third down, the Redskins had him dead to rights, and he escaped and scrambled all over the place, should have been sacked. And who did he hook up with? Just as you're talking about. <laughs> you know, uh, Aguilar on a long touchdown beating DJ Swearinger. So, you I mean, can tell he doesn't do have it, that mobility anymore. You can tell it's right. not fully there yet. You can still see it. Sure. But it's not, he's still, he's getting caught more than he did last year. And maybe that helps out the Redskins. So, you know, from a matchup perspective, you know, again, what, what I'm kind of wondering and, and, and looking at in, in this game is, I think the Eagles, you know, where, where I would fear the Eagles the most if I'm the Redskins is I don't have anybody that outside of Swearinger that can really match up with Zach Ertz. And if you take Swearinger and say, okay, you're basically playing man-to-man on Ertz because none of our inside linebackers can do it. None of our outside linebackers can do it. Uh, and certainly we're not going to put on, you know, a Fabian Moreau, a slot corner on that. If you take Swearinger and say, your guy is man-to-man, regardless of, of formation, splits, whatever, is Zach Ertz. Who else then hurts you as a result of that? And to me, like, I, what I would do then is, you know, if I see that, I'm running a lot of deep posts and a lot of deep crosses over the middle to attack that area of the Redskins' defense that they're so preoccupied with Zach Ertz on. So whether that's, you know, pick your receiver, um, you know, to me, that's a, a big-time concern for the Washington Redskins. Now, I would also say this. you know, Golden Tate versus Fabian Moreau. I mentioned Fabian Moreau in his second year in the NFL. You know, I mean, I saw Golden Tate used deep last week. I saw him used on on little wide receiver squibs or, or smokes. Um, you, you know, to me, the Redskins have struggled so bad with tackling in space and yards after the catch, giving up too much of that. I can just see Golden Tate being lined up perfectly for a little, again, wide receiver smoke or whatever you want to call it, and then busting one up the sideline or busting one because of a bad angle or bad tackle. So to me, those are the matchups I'm really going to be paying attention to. This is going to be a fun one to watch, a big test for both teams trying to keep their playoff aspirations alive. How confident are you feeling heading into this one for Washington, Chris? Um, I would say I'm more confident than I normally am. Uh, when it comes to the Redskins on Monday night in the division on the road, but I'm not confident enough to pick them to win. So I'll say the Eagles win this game by, if I can give my official prediction, if you don't mind, I'll say the Redskins cover the six, um, which is what I had on my Saturday, on my Sunday six pack of selections on my last podcast. Louis. Uh, I'll say the Redskins cover the six, but the Eagles win. I'll call it by a field goal. Yeah, I was uh, a score that popped in my head, 28-24. Something, I think it's going to be a one-score game. I think this is going to be really close. The Eagles have had success against Washington on Monday night games in the past, but I don't yeah. think this is going to be another Monday night massacre in 2010 with Michael Vick, the Chip <laughs> Kelly debut. <laughs> I was at that game. Trust me, yeah. that was that was a nightmare. You want to talk about a circus of a day? Don't forget that was the day they announced the Donovan McNabb extension yep. with the Redskins, which was a 
essentially a fake extension after Andy Reid okey-doke the Redskins for the first time, which he's already done another time at the quarterback position. Yeah, no, that was a gro- – look, I'm a younger Eagles fan, so growing up, that's one of my better memories growing up. And uh, even 2013 with Chip Kelly's debut on Monday Night Football. Oh, was that, it was, was that that game too? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was supposed to be all about RG3's return, but here mm-hmm. comes Michael Vick and Chip Kelly. And then last year, Monday Night Football – I was at that was my first game at Lincoln Financial Field in the regular season. That game in late October, a good one to watch as well. But I don't think the Eagles are going to have that kind of blowout type of game against Washington. I think this is going to be a tight one because it's so important for both. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Eagles and Locked On Redskins. Friday, November. 30th edition. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to both of our podcasts at Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Redskins. Also got all my written content on LockdownEagles.com. Follow me on Twitter at DBSELOE. Chris, let's get some shameless plugs in. Where can we all find your stuff? Uh, thank you, Louis. Uh, at WrestleMania621 on Twitter. Also, the Locked on Redskins Twitter is, uh, we're just getting it up and running because I finally unlocked the Locked on Redskins Twitter. It's uh, at Locked Redskins, not Locked on Redskins, at Locked Redskins is a good way to follow all the content and uh, hear the other podcasts. And obviously we'll put up this crossover edition. So, yeah, those are the two main ways. And, you know, all the, the requisite Facebooks and LinkedIn's and all that stuff. We have all that as well. I'm not as fancy as you, man. You have the you have a kick ass website. I got a <laughs> thank you. Uh, so you got some good content up there that I was perusing uh, earlier this week. But, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely on Twitter is a good place to go. Appreciate it. And, yeah, also follow us, our official show page on Twitter, at Birds. We haven't had the same success getting the old Twitter account unlocked. But for Chris <laughs> Russell, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. We will see you this weekend. Hopefully, on Monday, we're recapping an Eagles win. For you guys, hopefully, recapping a Redskins win. Regardless, an important game for both sides. So, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly... Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.